Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast that isn't the other thing I just said, where we talk about Blizzard games and I get mad at my tongue. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi, I'm hosting, and with me this week, two magnificent co-hosts, one of whom is filling in for our dearly departed, although he's still alive, so don't get don't get crazy, Alex Zebart, uh, Liz Harper, who's filling in for him. And Liz, how has your weekend been? Your week? Uh, great, great. You know, I've been playing a lot of Diablo. I've been binging, so... That's good, except too much Diablo. It's kind of class. at some point. Uh, wizard. I've been leveling a wizard for the season. I can't play with <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun. I kind of picked it at random, but it's fun. Cool, cool. Also with us, because she never leaves, I think the only person who's never missed a show, uh, our own Ann Stickney. What have you been up to this week? I know you went to see The Force Awakens with your nephews this week. I did. I had a lot of fun. So, um... My family is doing, we're actually doing Christmas this Friday on New Year's Day instead of on Christmas Day because just scheduling, it worked out. Everybody could get New Year's Day off. Not everybody could get Christmas Day off. Mm-hmm. So um, I was having a discussion with my sister a couple of weeks ago and I mentioned something about Star Wars and she said, Ugh, all of my children have been begging me nonstop to go see that. And I said, I'll take them because of course <laughs> I would, right? And she goes, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I will totally take them to go see Star Wars. Because the two of them, the the two youngest ones, they're too young to have ever seen Star Wars in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. So this would be like their first time seeing any kind of Star Wars in the movies, right? Yes, of course I'm going to go take them to see that. And she goes, well, that can be your Christmas present to them if you want. You can take them to the movies. I said, okay, cool. Well, the internet being what it is, I was getting dangerously close to, oh, no, people are going to start you know, we're going to pass the point of no return for like spoiler warning territory. Mm -hmm. So I best get this out of the way now. So I had a conversation with my sister and I said, can I take them on Sunday? And she goes, yeah, sure. I said, okay. I said, so here's the deal. I need you to deliver them to me because she lives about an hour out, like in another town, about an hour away. And um, I said, can you do that? She goes, yeah, we'll just, drive into town and do some errands and things like that. And I said, okay. I said, don't tell them why you're here. (laughs) And she goes, don't tell them. I said, no. I said, I want to kidnap them. And she goes, okay, this will be awesome. (laughs) So so, uh, yesterday I, uh, we were texting each other. She said, we're on our way into town. I said, okay. And we figured out, you know, when we were going to meet up and she's like, we're headed to the grocery store now. I'm like, okay. So I drive down to the grocery store and I go into the grocery store. I'm like, where are you at? She goes, we're in the bakery. I'm like, okay. So I go walking to the bakery and all four of them, I have four nephews and they range in age. The youngest is seven. He just turned seven and the eldest is 18. Um, and it's like the entire spectrum of ages here. <laughs> and they're all having the free cookie at the bakery thing. And I go walking <laughs> up. I'm like, Hey guys. And they're like, Hey, and it's not unusual for them to see me at the grocery store because it's the grocery store that's like right next to where I live. And by right next to, I mean, it's down the mountain, but it's not <laughs> there, right? And I said, hey, guys, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we're just running around. I, and then they go, we got we got gift cards for Christmas. I said, cool. Did you spend them? And they said, yeah. I said, what are you doing now? And they're like, grocery shopping. I said, that sounds really boring. And they go, yeah. I said, you know what sounds like more fun? They go, what? <laughs> I'm like, Star Wars. Let's go right now. Ditch your mom and dad. <laughs> And all four of them as one, okay, eyes as big as saucers, and they just slowly turn and look at their mother like, she's serious? And my sister goes, yes, go, get out of here. So we all go running out of the store. 
But the baker in the bakery, she heard this whole exchange, and as soon as I said it, she started <laughs> laughing. She thought it was the funniest, because all four of them looked like they were just struck dumb. It was hysterical. So yeah, we went and saw Star Wars. It was great. We saw it in 3D. They got the glasses. We got popcorn and candy. Yeah, and we saw it 3D too, yeah. All kinds of junk and, and, and ate junk food, and we're very happy, and it was very good. And that's all I'm going to say about the movie is just that it was very good, and we all thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you get the Warcraft uh, trailer? When we you saw did, it? and they all want to see it. Yeah, we didn't get the Warcraft Exciting. trailer. I was annoyed. Take them to see that too. <laughs> yeah, I was really annoyed because they didn't give us the Warcraft trailer, and I was like, I wanted to see. All right, uh, this week, right now, Blizzard is basically doing nothing. <laughs> it's it's the holidays. It's, it's that it's, holiday time. Yeah. Where everything's yeah. on kind of like everybody's out on their holiday break or whatever. They're the taking a winter on, a winter nap. Betas but, are on hiatus. Yes. Nothing else going on. So we're basically going to skip straight to emails. As is always the case, uh, you can send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and not any other thing that I might say because I <laughs> apparently can't remember where I work today. Um, if you do so, you know, we like to talk about just about anything. Uh, a Patreon, you know, our Patreon peeps get, you know, first crack at it because, you know, they, they're helping support the, the entirety of what we do. So, uh, yeah, if you have a question, you have statement, anything you want to talk about, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we'll be happy to look at it. This first one is from Venjik, a level 100 blood elf rogue from area 52. Dear Watchers, uh, and this is going to mention Alex, but Alex isn't here, so I'm going to try and make the swaps in my head and say them properly. <laughs> okay. Uh, like many Warcraft players, I have ideas on how to make the game better. As Blizzard continues to hammer on the idea of the character fantasy, one thought keeps coming to mind is tier armor sets. As someone who has mained a rogue since BC, the style of armor tier sets continue to bother me. To me, it seems like it would be much more difficult to be all stealthy and stabby with big bulky armor on. It seems to me that the many tier sets miss adding to the fantasy for each class. Uh, does the fact that Blizzard doesn't make armor for rogues more like Assassin's Creed style of light and nimble bother anyone else, or is it just me? Uh, and then there's also one for plate here. Does not having armor for warriors uh, in styles like Roman gladiators or centurions take away from the class fantasy? My thought is that if tier sets had less of bulk and were more simple and stylish, it would not only add to the character fantasy, but also add a great visual look to the game. Interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, since uh, this was originally aimed at Alex, uh, I'm going to ask Liz. You play a rogue? You play what, a monk? More? Uh, what yeah, I play a monk. Main, monk is my main right now. So yeah, consider that also a question about monk armor. If you think a monk armor should look more like um, like it doesn't look. You know, uh, one interesting thing I'm gonna talk about Diablo again was the the sets for the next Diablo class is like the Demon Hunter. Like Diablo kind of does the same thing as WoW. Well, as they have these really extravagant armor sets, though I think they aren't as over the top as WoW's. And it's like the Demon Hunter in Diablo three has this armor set that is like all black and it's really subtle and it's minimal and it's like that looks really cool and it's and in part it's because it's like an assassin set you're supposed to be this like melee assassin which is sort of weird for demon hunters if you know diablo 3 but it's and that's a look you don't see in wow i think blizzard has kind of increasingly been going over the top and over the top with tier sets because it's like each tier set has to be bigger and better and weirder uh, though saying that there was also the tier, I believe it was tier one hunter set or was it tier two, the crazy purple thing? 
Dragon Stalker? Dragon Stalker. Was that tier one or tier two? Those tier two. Uh, yeah. Trust me. I, I, my wife, my wife, <laughs> tier one was Giant my, Stalker. Yeah. Uh, so I, then, I'm going to say up front, the Giant Stalker, to my mind, was the weirder set because it was hot pants and shoulders that looked like a castle. And kind of red <laughs> and brown and yellow all at once. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, bright purple and gold doesn't really scream Hunter to me. I don't know. Blizzard has always had kind of, you know, like the characters have kind of an iconically cartoonish design, and they've done the same thing with the armor sets. It's a little cartoonish. Okay. Uh, Anne? In my mind, I think that Blizzard, art direction-wise, when they're designing tier sets and things like that, I think instead of designing them for each class, it's not necessarily they're basing it around the idea of a class as they are basing it around the theme of whatever raid you happen to be getting the thing from, which is why, you know, the armor set that came from, oh gosh, Throne of the Four Winds? Is that Throne Mm. of the Four Winds? Okay, so yeah, it was like the Wind Dancers or something like that, the rogue set. It was blue and glowy, and it really did not (laughs) scream subtlety at all, but it looked very much like something that you would nab out of, you know, the elemental plane of air i guess it just looked very rogue to me and i think that a lot of the times when they're designing these sets they're designing it more with the dungeon in mind and less with the class in mind and i kind of wish that they'd go the other way with it maybe we'll see some of that in legion i don't know because they are kind of embracing this whole idea of class fantasy but i would i would love to see some more sleek rogue armor that isn't you know screaming in your face glowing shoulders dead giveaway yeah forget about trying to hide in the shadows because you're a walking flashlight (laughs) kind of thing i'll never forget there was that set that uh, a lot of druids ended up wearing it because they were wearing off offset pieces but it was based around a rogue set in olduar yeah uh i like to call it the edvark monk hat yes (laughs) because it's the big screaming hat on your head like it looks like a guy yelling in your mouth i actually called it the yoda hat because it looked kind (laughs) of like you just it looked like you had your face the point coming off of the collar kind of looked like the pointy ears (laughs) i just remember that hat and saying to myself what in did what why why are you wearing a hat that is a is like a naked bald man screaming your face out of his mouth? What? Why? Why does this exist? Why is this a hat? Why? Who would wear this? Rose. But as for this warriors, is why I always keep my helm turned off. The only mm. the only decent rogue helm that I ever found and really 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 liked. Actually, there's a couple of them. Um, I liked the wolf one that came out of Throne and Th- Throne of Thunder. The one that looks like the fox, kind of. I thought that one looked pretty cool. Like, it turned out pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. Where was it? The Blindfold. Oh, the the, uh, the one that Illidan? Yeah. The Illidari Council dropped? Cursed yeah. Vision of Sargeras. Vision, yeah, thank you. Cursed Vision of Sargeras, that one. I liked that one because it was very simple. Um, I didn't necessarily like that it went right over your eyes because that was kind of cheesy it's like well (laughs) instead of being a flashlight i'm just gonna stumble around blindly because that's that's a thing now um but it still looked cool right it it was kind of understated i i just for rogues in particular i never quite understood why we still went with the loud and flashy sets when the rogue class in and of itself it's kind of like you don't want to be loud and flashy if you if you were loud and flashy you wouldn't be a very good rogue generally speaking no, yeah. for, for me, at least, I'll say that 
Uh, the problem I have is that Centurion, sure, I'd be interested in something based like in the Lorica Segmentata. There's a ton of different kinds of Roman gladiators. Like, the guy who carried a net was a specific type of gladiator, and he wore different armor than the guy that carried, like, you know, swords versus the dude who had, like, you know, what are you using, a fishing pole? I don't even get why is that. Oh, I, I'm the, the Loras. No, like, I'm serious. They actually had, like, you know, guys who were supposed to be stylized fishermen. Like, they had net and trident. They had fish helmets. There's so that whole thing. I don't want to. I'm not. Don't want to worry too much about that. But I'd. I'd like some takes. I. I would. It would be nice if we had takes on like cultures, like for instance the Roman um, Lorica Segmentata, or something that's like you know the Japanese kind of armor. If you've ever seen you know samurai armor, there's various things I would think be, would be cool. But for warriors, warriors like are pretty much the the. Um, I will strap anything to myself <laughs> so I can hit you with it. Like a lot of warrior shields basically look like I. I found this. We were in a castle, and this face fell off the wall, so I thought I'd hit you with it. <laughs> I strapped my arm, and now I'm hitting you with this face. Oh, but now I found this piece of, like, masonry with spikes coming out of it. It's a so now I've baby got face. Ordinarily, some people might wear this as a hat. I'm just going to hit you with it. <laughs> yeah. Or my personal favorite is the one from, uh, um, I, can, I even know the, the dungeon, and I just can't make myself say it. Uh, Sunwell, thank you. Uh, the, the glass, the stained glass-looking shield, the shield breaker's mm-hmm. bulwark. Uh, and it looks like it's literally like I'm hitting you with a stained glass window. Like, do that I have to get really a new one? Too. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely shield, but it's like, do I have to get a new one every time I hit you because it breaks? Or does it just generate new glass to break when I hit you? It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. It's magic. You don't have to. In terms Being of hit with it is only a setback. I think in general, <laughs> the visual look of WoW, is, I think you guys already pointed out, is very cartoony. Yeah. And to a degree, I like it, and I don't want them to give that up. But it would be nice if – I think that we should have less sets that are um, – I'm trying to think of the, the proper way to put this. There's certain sets where you don't understand how anyone could wear that. Um, and, and one that really comes to mind is, as much as I like it, I think Warrior Tier 10 looks really good on, on guys. On women, it has this problem where there's a big chunk of it missing – Around the stomach area. Wow, I wonder uh, why that is. It's a plate but, belly shirt. The problem with that is <laughs> it's not effective. Even, it's not even salacious. It just looks like you forgot to put on your armor. It's like <laughs> it just looks like you you know straight up you left a piece off. Oh bloody! I'm always doing that. I don't know what it is. Hold on, I'll go put on my jade warrior armor. That's just a couple of demi cups and a thong. How is that going to protect you from anything? Well, it's pl- it's a plate thong. Uh, what? So, yeah, I, I, I would like to see more armor that, you know, one of the things I like about Diablo is even like, like, especially for the Crusader, nothing yeah. the Crusader ever puts on shows anything because why would it? The whole point in Barbarian kind of don't want to be stabbed. So you yeah. kind of want to cover up everything that you don't want stabbed. But yeah, even even the women are like fully covered in heavy armor. It's, well, it's a really nice look. It's kind of unique. Barbarian doesn't do it all the time, and I, but I like Barbarian, so I'll put up with it. Barbarians, got, they've got like their own aesthetic going on. So, But in general, yeah. Oh, so I guess we'll move on to the next email. Um, this one is from Nihilus. I, wow, I didn't know you had t- time to take away from Mass Effect 1. <laughs> it's spelled getting differently. So it is spelled differently. I don't think we're talking about the Turian. So. Poor guy, he got shot in the head. Now he's right. I'm glad you recovered. Good evening, Watchers. I'm currently leveling a Shaman, and I just started questing through Eastern Plaguelands, which has been among my favorite leveling zones since Cataclysm because of Fiona's caravan. I'm writing this immediately. I'm laughing because of what happened to us in Elanders. 
I'm writing this immediately upon reaching the first tower because the conversation sparked a question. They're stopping for a break to let the horses rest after only about a minute of riding. Now, I understand the gameplay versus lore argument how large the zones are, but I'm curious, just how far realistic, you know, realistically did we just travel that it would be considered hard on the horses to continue? On an easier or an easier way to ask the question, I suppose, would be, what is the realistic to gameplay measurements for travel in World of Warcraft? Does one second of walking equal a mile or more or less, or does it vary from zone to zone? I hope this question isn't too complicated or mathy. It's just something that suddenly popped into my head. Signed, Nihilus. It's not too complicated or mathy. The answer is we have no idea. <laughs> because that is not something they're interested in telling us. Yeah, there's... Um... There have been people who've sat down and measured out exactly how big the continents are. And they're roughly... If you go for, like, you know, pure realism of them, the amount of time it takes you to walk to one end to the other, they're 15 miles. And that's not correct because yeah, i mean not... there's references in books and things someone just pointed out in the chat channel that arthas took days on horseback to go around a lake in silver pine yep we've seen yep. that lake we've gone around that lake we've raced across that lake to get to the turkey on the other side for the <laughs> holiday thing while we were desperately trying to keep our kill streak up um what you see in game i mean if they made if they made the whole all the scenery and all the landscape realistically large We'd never get anything done. It's like, <laughs> we'd like, never just get consider, anything like, done. Just consider Stormwind City itself, which is the, the area we have in games, nowhere near large enough to actually be Stormwind City. But, However, this, go ahead, Liz, I'm sorry. I'm just saying this is kind of the space we have. This is the space that's practical to put in a game. Right. Um, I think for a good indicator of realistically how big these places are going to be, go see the Warcraft movie when it comes out because the 3D flyover, that VR app that they had out, that Legendary had out, I think you could still get it too. Um, there's an app for your cell phone that you can get and it's from Legendary. It's a virtual reality app thing and it'll let you f do a flyby over Stormwind as it appears in the film. It's very large. It is very large. It is so big. Um, either that or go see Star Wars and check out the Warcraft movie trailer because you can see Stormwind in that too. And it's massive. It is absolutely massive. And that's just Stormwind. Um, so there's kind of a more, I'm air quoting the word realistic <laughs> interpretation of, of spatial relationship as far as, you know, how many miles are between here and there. Another um, way of, yeah, another way to look at it is simple. You go to Karazhan. If you like fly up from Karazhan and you just fly straight up for a little bit and look around, you are like literally right on top of both the Blasted Lands and Zul'Gurub. Yeah. They're both right there. They're not both right. That is no. not how close they actually. You can't like literally fly, you know, 30 yards in one direction and hit the Zul'Gurub. No. That wouldn't it would make any sense. That it would be too close to everything that it you're, you know, the entirety of of Stranglethorn Vale is much bigger than the amount of space we see it's big enough to have multiple troll tribes living in it yeah and keep in mind multiple troll tribes living every anywhere is a good recipe for multiple troll tribes to be killing each other yep they, they don't they don't like to be close to each other because they're not they're actually pretty far away from each other they're fairly sprawled out it's just it's not something that you see represented in game because to see that represented in game would make the game itself kind of difficult I mean, it's already yep. like you do you do certain zones like Winter Spring, and you're riding all over that zone. Yep. 
And it's like, you know, okay, I just got done with the Winterfall fire, Firewater quest. Now I'm going to have to ride for at least seven minutes on my mount to get to the next zone, next part of the zone where I need to do quests. <laughs> and that's, you know, again, Winter Spring is actually much bigger than that stuff we take. And so. you would get you would get bored. And we already do get bored riding from quest to quest. So you don't want to get more bored. Okay, next question is from Aaron, a Destruction Warlock from Terracar U. Uh, long-time listener of the show and frequent visitor of the site. First question, in my opinion, Warlocks receive very little spotlight within the Alliance. Besides the gnome that shall not be named, sorry, Liz, uh, I feel in Legion it would be great to have a, a Snape-like character within the lore that whilst volatile tempered, uh, the, volatile tempers their thirst for power in defense of those he or she loves, do you think such a character will be will ever be introduced in game or in the books, given how Blizzard currently represents the class overall? And last of all, from an RP standpoint, can a Forsaken character essentially remain a good person in spite of his her factions, ruthless nature, and even more diabolical leader? Or is the race doomed to be a twisted mockery of their former selves? Sorry if my questions are silly, and thank you for your time. P.S. Great job with the new site. Long may it continue. I love Lorewatch 2 and appreciate everything you guys do to enrich my Warcraft experience. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, first one first. The, the problem is, uh, and I've actually had arguments. Okay, I I have a okay, question. Who is who is the gnome that shall not be named, or can we not? Wilfred Fizzlebang. <laughs> you face Draxus. Anyway, yeah. the problem with warlocks is real simple, and it's one of the problems. I've actually gotten into arguments with um our warlock com- columnist on lore. Um, and you know, if you're listening, I'm real sorry. <laughs> we, we were gilded for a while, so this is an old argument. Uh, basically, the problem with warlocks is simple. If you're a warlock, the magic you draw on is inherently corruptive. Not just to you, to everything around you. It's like you are literally spraying toxic waste everywhere you go. Uh, that would every- be why the orcs on Draenor turned green. It wasn't yeah. because they ingested anything. It was because there was so much fell business going on around them that they kind of absorbed it. And fell magic is inherently destructive. It automatically destroys things. You could be the nicest warlock in the universe. You can go out of your way to help people. You can do nothing, you know, like, you know, I, I feed puppies at the shelters on weekends. Yeah, but every time you use your power, you kill things. And not just, like, I deliberately set that guy on fire to kill him. Things have to die if you are doing what you're doing. Even if all you're doing is making a soul well and giving people cookies, something somewhere died because you did that. You are killing. It's like uh, the ground is getting poisoned. The air is getting poisoned. You are destructive by your nature. You're, you're, you're kindly radioactive. Yeah. Uh, it's And that doesn't mean you couldn't have a character. I don't, I don't know if Blizzard will never have a warlock character who isn't maniacally evil. It would be kind of nice, if, in all honesty, if we had one that wasn't Gul'dan. Like, we need another warlock just so we can have a different warlock. Mm. Quite frankly, I'm kind of tired I of it. kind of... I'd kind of like to see that kind of nuanced character where it's like, you know, they're doing warlock magic because they figure it's probably the best and most viable way to fight the Legion. Yeah, I mean... Cause and, and they're having that kind of struggle going on between being who they are and that temptation of full-on corruption. Except that seems like another thing demon hunters have stolen from warlocks and legion. A little bit, a little bit. And the other problem with that, too, is that I don't think it's possible to write that kind of a really quietly nuanced character in an MMO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a novel, sure. In a short story, sure. In, in the MMO itself, not so much. I'd be willing to say that they've managed to do it with uh, uh, Sky Admiral Rogers. A little bit. She's, she's an aggressive... 
militant, outright hates the Horde character, but she's, you know, she tempers her approach and you get a little bit more nuance. But yeah, it is very hard. Uh, I do I do still think it would be cool to have a warlock who, you know, I don't know that, you know, oddly enough, it might be easier to do it on Horde side. Hmm. Like where you could have a warlock who, but then again, the Horde has a lot more reasons to distrust warlocks than the Alliance does. The Alliance knows they're bad, but the Horde has like, you know, that Gul'dan guy was on the Horde. They all know. Oh, they're yeah, that, all green. Yeah. Well, that awesome. would be the yeah. why, reason why they're all, when they wake up and look in the mirror each morning and go, hmm, zug zug, that, that's like that reflection that they're seeing is a direct result of warlock magic. And they know it. They all know. The, uh, yeah, and, and for that matter, I mean, even blood elves can look at their green eyes and be like, yeah, this is because we, you know, cut and kind of get nuts for a while there. Yeah. But in terms, in terms of uh, the Forsaken question. Oh, uh, <laughs> role play stuff. Yeah. I'm going to let Anne go first. Uh, okay. Here's my philosophy on role playing, right? You could role play whatever the heck you want to role play. Just go nuts. Um, there will always be people. There will always be detractors that will tell you, hey, you can't do that. It's a matter of do you want to deal with those people or not? If you don't want to deal with those people, then maybe you should role play something more conventional. If you don't care about those people, role play whatever the heck you want and have a good time <laughs> doing it. You know, um, a, can a Forsaken character essentially remain a good person? As far as we've seen in lore, no, not really. Um, does that stop a role player from playing that kind of character? No. I RP'd a Forsaken lady who was like the laziest undead woman on earth and basically hated the fact that she was undead mostly because she was really embarrassed about how she died and she was very lazy and it were were her life up to her she would probably spend it napping somewhere in a hammock (laughs) you know curled up with a cat because cats are kind of cute and unfortunately the world kept shoving her into these situations, like these really extraordinary situations that she just hated being in <laughs> because it was, why am I doing this again? Okay. We need to save the world. Whatever. Can I go take a nap now? You know, it was, <laughs> she was just thoroughly exasperated with the circumstances surrounding her existence. So she wasn't really a bad guy. She wasn't a good guy. She was just kind of there <laughs> and she wasn't really happy about being there, but you know, it is what it is. And some people were okay with interacting with that character. Some people were not okay with interacting with that character. Some people like to roleplay Forsaken as pure evil, and that's all they want to do with those characters. Some people want to roleplay Forsaken as these kind of sympathetic characters who are doomed to this fate of never quite being able to be what they were or go back to their old lives. And that is sad. There is something sad about that. You can roleplay whatever the heck you want. We do have two examples, too, of, of undead characters who are, if not outright good, are at least trying to be. Yeah. Um, we've got Sir Zeliak, who is a straight-up paladin, even though yeah. he's dead. He's a, he's an undead death knight, but he can use the light, and he's still a paladin, and he tries to warn you. You know, he's under the Lich King's control, but if he wasn't, he wouldn't attack you. And no. he tries to get you to leave. He's like, no, don't come in here. He you pretty much here, shouts at you through the entirety of Naxxramas. And so there's that guy... Then there's um oh I'm forgetting his name Leonard Leonid Bartholomew Bartholomew yeah who's up who's up in a uh, Lights Hope Chapel and he is as close as you're gonna get to a straight up decent Joe uh, in the game period yeah he's just he's there he's you know he's he wants to stop the scourge he wants to end the plague of undeath and he basically everyone looks up to him like the, the all the Argent Crusaders 
look up to him. The Argent Dawn look up to him. And he's like, yeah, you really shouldn't look up to me. I'm just so there. You could play the struggle of it. I don't think you can just play, you know, I'm a happy, sunny, happy guy, <laughs> though I happen to be a corpse. But you, you could play the idea of someone who doesn't want to be, for, for lack of a word, if you've ever seen the Mr. Science Theater 3000 Santa Claus episodes where the little girl's like, no, stealing is bad and I want to be good over and over again. You, you can say, no, killing people for no reason is bad and I want to be You You could do that. There's yeah. no reason you couldn't. There's it's in, nothing, it, it's in the game. There's nothing stopping you from roleplaying whatever the heck you want to roleplay. It's um, not a silly question, though. I don't think it's a silly question. Uh, Liz, you got anything you want to say? Um, some of this kind of goes back to my issues with the Horde. Not Like, I played a Horde character for a really long time, but I didn't like the way the story direction was going. Like, it, especially in uh, Cataclysm and Mists, I was just, like, logging on to my Horde character. It was, like, physically uncomfortable for me to play through some of these storylines because it's just... Like, okay, I'm a member of this faction, but I this is not what I want to do. So I've played Alliance since then, really. And, you know, it's hard when the game is telling you one thing. And it's like, no, I don't want any of that. But Blizzard, in some ways, they kind of write themselves into a corner, I think. Because they push this storyline, which may not be how players see or how they want to see themselves. But that's kind of the nature of any kind of RPG-style game. It's someone's driving the story, and it may not be what you agree with. Well, and it's part of the fun of roleplay, too, because you can either choose to ignore that ongoing story arc, or you can incorporate it, and it becomes a challenge. It's, you know, it's not a matter of, oh, I guess the Horde is evil now. It's a matter of, how does my character deal with the fact that it looks like a lot of the Horde is becoming evil? Like, how does that affect them? What do they do? You know, and and the role play then becomes, what is your character doing? Why are they doing it? Not necessarily, it, you know, there's this big story going on over here, but it's not really about that big story. It's about your character and how they feel about things and what they're doing about things. Because I know role playing in Missa Pandaria in particular was pretty rough mm. as far as Horde was concerned, because yeah. there was so much going on with the Horde. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it was almost kind of more fun because there was so much going on. You know, you had so much for your character to kind of bounce ideas off of and things. We had we had groups on my server that were role playing. They were role playing um, Corcoran, like horde that were loyal to Garrosh, wow. and they had this big ongoing story arc. And at the end of the expansion, when Garrosh was was brought down and everything they were all like taken to task for their actions. And there was like this big trial and like they made this big (laughs) event out of it. So it was really cool. You know, it's just, it's a matter of how you interpret things and, and what you decide to do with them. But I think there's a lot of room for creativity. All right. Uh, at that point, I'm going to move on to the next email because I think we've answered this. Uh, this one's from Shadow Shift on Greymane server. Good day, watchers. I know the wardrobe features aren't fully implemented yet on the alpha, but I was wondering if you possibly might have an answer to this one. Once the feature does go w- does go live, will those of us who have several full void banks and regular banks chocks with a uh, brim with transmog gear suddenly have a massive cash influx? Will the items we are currently hoarding away suddenly vanish from our banks, or will the models simply be added to the wardrobe? If it's the latter, then we'll, we're set to make a mint by selling all of our gear. Thanks for all your hard work, uh, Law Rogue for Life, uh, Shadow Shift, Greymane. And how? Uh, 
Yeah, it isn't really. Uh, I haven't gotten to like bring my own character over to the alpha yet. I don't yeah. think they've been doing ser- yeah. doing transfers like that. So it's just pre made characters. We we I, can't do character copies. And that. and From my also own experience, also clean. wasn't the wardrobe cla- crashing the client for a while? Yeah, it yeah. Was. <laughs> so From my own experience cleaning out my banks just in regular transmog, you don't make a ton of money selling your gear. No, because that like, old yes. like the really old sets and things like that they sell for like. 50 silver at the vendor even if you're selling like stuff I, I remember when i was like after uh after we moved from mists to to draenor um i was going through and selling all my seizure vorgamar gear because i didn't really like it yeah i think it was it didn't it wasn't transmog looks i wanted it wasn't aesthetically a, pleasing i had a ton of gear and i still i still do have a ton of gear from that because i kept one set that i liked but i sold a lot of stuff like a lot of boots a lot of you know bracers like full sets I'd say I sold like three full sets, and I made like maybe a couple hundred gold, which isn't really what I would call massive. Yeah, if I sold everything in my void storage, I think maybe I'd make like two, three thousand gold, if that. If that, and you know, but I you wouldn't... do a lot of weapon collecting too. So yeah, weapons are actually high end, and the weapons, weapons actually yeah. vendor for quite a bit. Later yeah, weapons do. Yeah, and I I sold. Like there's a sword that dropped in um, Siege that I sold because you know I didn't need it anymore, and I didn't like the model. Whereas I liked the axes and the various other things that dropped. I didn't like the sword model, so I vendored that. And I, you know we're talking like you know maybe 70, 80 gold. Yep. I don't remember off the top of my head, but these there's not like you'll make some gold, but you will not like. It's a one-time like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> You'll make the gold, and you'll be like, "Yay, I got a little little boost of gold," and then y- you know you'll move on with your day. And I, there'll be plenty of things to spend it on. And yeah, I do not think that our our gear is going to vanish from our bags and our void storage or anything. No, it um, I, I can guarantee this one. It's just going to be automatically added to the wardrobe yeah. as soon as you know you log in and the wardrobe notices it's there. It'll be added to the wardrobe. I can I can say that I tested this to a degree on various characters by like buying stuff and sending it to various characters and so forth. And if you buy a piece of gear and it's added to your to your wardrobe, you still have that piece of gear. Yep. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not gone. It's just right there in your inventory. Yep. Uh, if you do the thing, this is something I tested out. If you buy something and then get a refund on it, not mm-hmm. sell it back but get a full refund, it's taken out of your wardrobe. Oh wow. So if you go and buy like stuff that used to be Valor Point or Honor Point purchases, and then you immediately get them refunded, like if you sell them right back immediately, it's removed from your wardrobe. Yeah, there's no so way you, to cheat that system. You can't buy everything, and then sell it, you know, and then boop, it's you know. And also, if you buy BOE stuff, you have to equip it. Yeah, you have to actually bind it. You can't just have it in your inventory. It won't notice that the stuff is there. If if you buy BOE stuff and you send it to a different character and they equip it, then it will be learned. Uh, something else I've noticed, and I don't know how much this is going to work, but they've changed gear stuff. So, like, for instance, um, my warrior started... I, I started a level one warrior on the alpha, and he started in plate. Yep. Hmm. They changed the gear that's, you know, your started gear to the, the armor type you normally wear. And you don't unlock anything that's not your armor type on your character. If you're, so if you're a hunter, you start automatically with male. You don't start with leather. Yeah, and you don't unlock... Let anything that you don't actually use. So all those various leather looks, you don't get them. And some pieces, there are some pieces that are like going from like mail to plate. Mail to plate's the real issue. Um, they don't seem to be doing this for leather gear or anything like that. But a lot of mail gear is going plate. And 
because it's going plate, if if your male gear is like below level 30 male gear, it will be going plate because all that male was always intended for warriors and paladins. So if you're a hunter using lower level gear in your transmog, you might want to check and make sure it's going to be male. Uh, there's one set if it's got strength on it, chances are it's going to be plate. Yeah, strength or int. Yeah. Uh, Int is kind of weird, though, because... It's a little weird with the intellect, though, because some of that lower-level hunter gear had intellect on it. You used it. Yeah. Because, you know, hunters had mana back then. (laughs) So there's there's some stuff stuff to look out for, but I I checked out this one set of quest gear you got in Cataclysm that my wife uses in one of her transmogs, and I went and checked, and everything in it stays male because it's agility male, Mm -hmm. even though it's fairly low level. It's eye level 40 stuff. It's it's intended for slightly higher level. It all stays male, but the helmet, because the helmet for the set is only an int helmet, mm. and that helmet changes to plate. Oh. So everything else is still male, but the helmet is plate. Gear so just seems to have gotten really weird post-cataclysm. This isn't even that. This is the transmog changes, and this yeah. is entirely because people were afraid that plate classes would be the ultimate transmog farmers. And they were like, I don't want to have to get on a plate character to, to, you know, and so now you've made it, you've messed it up for yourselves, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. If, complain. This is your problem. If, you if people didn't realize the uh, transmog system is locked to your armor type, so warriors can only collect plate transmogs, rogues can only collect leather transmogs, etc. Yeah, now it's, it's a situation where the unlocking of the gear, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like in the past, you could only transmog plate to plate. And that's still the case, but in order to keep people like you can't even unlock stuff that a warrior can't even unlock like mail. They they start on plate and they only unlock plate transmogs. So that's the the change going forward. So you know you might want to check when we're getting closer to Legion. You might want to go look and see if like any gear that you use in your transmog hasn't changed to something else. And uh, I I know that it works. I've checked every class but cloth classes mm-hmm. because cloth classes wouldn't notice any difference because they start in cloth anyway. But I checked a rogue, I checked a hunter, and I checked a paladin at level one, and they all start in their appropriate armor type. The rogue is in leather, and always, of course, they always were and stayed leather. Um, the hunter is in in mail and stays mail all the way through, and the paladin is in plate and stays plate all the way. Through. Mm. So that's the difference in the new expansion. Okay, at this point, if either of you have anything else to throw in there, go ahead. Uh, I I think we're all just guessing on what will actually happen though, because there's no way to know. We yeah, yeah we won't know until we can actually do character copies. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully. And soon. And the wardrobe doesn't just crash the client. That'd be I nice, a, too. I had a bad week. I kept trying to make it work. I don't know why I thought I could just trick it into working. Come on, please, please. I got to change. This hat is so ugly. I need to change this hat. Nope. Crash the sir. Oh, God. Well done. Right. Next one is from Elemente, who's written to us a few times, an orc shaman. Uh, from Car Watchers, would you agree with the statement that more history has happened in the Warcraft universe in the past 30 years after Warcraft 1 than in the previous 10,000 years? Wow. Seriously, uh, this one I'm probably just going to let Ian go and go get a soda. Um, <laughs> seriously, we've already at a point where a world-ending threat arises every couple years, while similar disasters in the past occurred every couple thousand years at best. 
does this inflation of lore bother you? I realize that there's no way around the problem since the only way to keep an MMORPG fantasy world going, but it still bothers me because it breaks my immersion when I think about the lore. Of course, one could say that it is no different than the real world, where overall complexity has been increasing exponentially post-Industrial Revolution, but this process in the real world has a clear underlying cause, advances in technology, while Warcraft has nothing like this apart from the fact that we are playing it. Uh, Elemente. Anne? Well, I think I wouldn't call it inflation of lore so much as, okay, your observation is correct in that it appears that more has happened in the last 30 years than has in any of the time before that. But what you have to remember is that we don't necessarily have records for anything that happened before that. Like we don't, we don't have like a giant tome of here's all the stuff that went down. And it could be that, yeah, a lot of stuff did go down in that, you know, 10,000 years or so and, and probably did. It's just, we weren't living through it. So it's not really relevant to us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I call it lore inflation. I don't know. What about you, Rossi? I think these chips are delicious. <laughs> um, I totally thought you'd go longer. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I find this a flawed premise from the beginning because it's not accurate for actual real-world history. Our past is incredibly busy. Lots of things happen. So many things happen that you don't know about because no one's bothered to tell you about them. And that's probably very true of Warcraft as well. There's just no way to know. Like you just said, there's no way to know exactly what happened. There's no way to know all these details. I do think there is a point here in that I wouldn't call it inflation of lore either, but it's like every expansion, there has to be a bigger threat. And it's like Blizzard has to keep one-upping themselves and making something that's bigger and more exciting and scarier and more threatening. And also as our characters increase in power, it's like, well, here we just killed off like this giant dragon and we did this and we did that and we killed this old god and... It's like we keep getting more and more powerful, at least story-wise. And so, it, like, after we do all these things, we have to keep, you know, the next challenge has to be bigger. So it's like in Legion, we're fighting the entire Burning Legion. And it's like the next expansion will have to be something somehow bigger than that. Because throughout Legion, we'll have gained in power. And just for it to be exciting, you can't... You know, next expansion can't be the puppies and kitties expansion because you need to have something that's well. Actually, maybe it could. I could go for that. I would. I would buy an expansion that was all cute and adorable things. Warlords of Puppyland. Corgi's <laughs> uh, unleashed. Corgi's unleashed. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, yes. That we're overdue for that one. But it's another thing where I think it's a problem that you find in all kinds of media. You find it in video games. You find it in books. You find it on television. Because every every time they have to do, like, every episode, every expansion, every whatever, they have to do something that's bigger. And it gets harder and harder to make something bigger and more dramatic. I think that's interesting, too, because I honestly feel like the past 30 or so years of Warcraft has been one thing. Like, it's basically the Burning Legion and the problems that it causes. Mm. Like, the, the original Horde invasion, that's the Legion. Warcraft 3, that's the Legion directly. The Scourge, that's the Legion. So Warcraft, um, you know, World of Warcraft, Lich, you know, Wrath of Lich King, Legion's fault. Uh, Burning Crusade, Legion. Everything, like, that we had happen after that. Like, the Cataclysm? Cataclysm's the only one that's not really the Legion, but that's that dates back to the original War of the Ancients. That's when Deathwing fell in the first place, and that was the Legion invade. It, it's... 
kind of like the past since Warcraft came out, we've had this thing that's been it's like it isn't a bunch of different crises. It's the same crisis that just, you know, we keep hitting new problems with. It's mm. it's like it keeps happening. It's sort of like not move. It's not like we, we don't really get to progress away. We don't get to like have progress. We just reel drunkenly from conflict to conflict. You know what I mean? Well, and I think a lot of it, too. I mean, we have evidence that like history, a lot of history happened. I mean, we didn't know anything about the original War of the Shifting Sands. We found out a little bit of it when we did on Garage, but there was a lot more going on there than just the little bit that we saw. What we saw was just like a little fraction of whatever history happened to be occurring at that point in time. So that's really, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. And you know what? That's what makes the artifacts interesting. Yeah, because we're getting these other little pieces. And they're from all over the history of the setting. Like there's that sword that the uh, arms warriors get that's from like, you know, two, three thousand years ago. And it reveals like all this weird stuff was happening with monsters and stuff. We don't know anything about it, but it was happening. There's like the staff that monks get. The uh, the brewmaster monk staff is like this first sapling ever planted in Pandaria. And it's related to all this stuff. Freya walked around planting stuff. And, and this is all stuff that we didn't know. And we'll never know until something comes along to tell us. Because the game's not going to focus on stuff that's not happening right now. Because you're not playing the stuff that's not happening right now. You're playing <laughs> the now. They're, they're going to always be focused it's on what's not, happening. It's not super relevant. Yeah, until, until they come up with a reason for it to be. Everything that's been happening current day is absolutely relevant because it's happening right now. So it seems like we have a lot of history going on right now, but that's because it's constantly being chronicled as we're playing through it. Yeah, and like in the real world, like we talked, the, the thing you said about how complexity has been increasing exponentially, you've not looked at Roman history. <laughs> because Rome went from a cow town on the Tiber to a city of multiple millions of people. If you live in a city today that has less than 4 million people in it, you live in a much smaller city than Rome. And Rome had didn't have electricity, but they had central heating. They had, you know, advanced sewage systems. They had potable water that they could basically pipe into the city. That complexity, that's one of the strangest things is we make this mistake of thinking that because stuff happened when we don't know about it, that it didn't happen. Like, you, you think Babylon didn't exist or it didn't really have anything going on. Babylon was an enormous city, an incredibly complex city, a cosmopolitan city where people would travel from all over, from India to, like, Britain. People would come to Babylon to trade. Tin, tin ships would fly, come in from Cornwall. People would truck in from, like, you know, the, the, the Sumatran Islands to trade in this one place. And that happened all over the world. This is history is you can find history like that in China. You can find it, you know, anywhere there were people traveling to, to Australia 10,000 years ago. They across islands. They were hopping to get there. The past is actually incredibly complex and there's tons of stuff going on. And we don't, it's all stuff that we don't know until someone tells us about it. And that's it's, much the same case in WoW. It's not in front of us. So we don't think about it. Yeah. And we're blinded by our shiny, you know, metal boxes that we can just <laughs> pick up and, you know, hit a button. And, and our, our, our glowy armor. Hey, Siri, uh, what was the history of Warcraft like? <laughs> like <She's>, what? <laughs> see, yeah, so Siri just found me a whole bunch of stuff about Warcraft. Uh, quite a lot of it, actually. The history of War, World of Warcraft, the story of Warcraft, Warcraft Works and Humans, uh, War, GameSpot. Oh, hey, us. They found us. Hi. Nice. Hey, us. Siri found so, us. Yep. So I, I just I would argue that not to assume things weren't happening just because they haven't been mentioned yet. 
Hmm. But yeah, obviously we're playing now, so stuff's going to happen. So I have kind of a spin-off question based on, I mean, I've been reading all the KYLs y'all have been writing about Artifact Lord. Do you think we're going to hear, how much more story expansion do you think we're going to get on these things? Because like I did the Monk Artifact quest in the Alpha, and it was basically like, okay, you're pretty cool. Go get this staff. That was like, that was like it. I think they aren't done working with the artifact storylines. I think that they Mm. still have plenty to add. Um, I don't, I don't know how much and I don't know when we're going to see it. But again, you know, we're in alpha. So I don't think everything has been developed completely just yet. Because some weapons are definitely much more done than others. Like, I felt like the warrior two-handed, like, the, the two swords that warriors get, fury warriors, that's actually a case where you do a whole bunch of stuff, and then they, they send you to get these blades, and they tell you why you're getting them, mm-hmm. and what it's all about, whereas it sounds like they didn't tell you anything, and, but I haven't played a monk, so I don't know. Uh, well, the quest itself is really rough, <laughs> it needs some work. If it's, you were listening to also... our live stream when we were doing that, you know I spent, like, an hour whining piteously about how bad the quest was. There's also... um we get uh, an indication anyway with some of these artifact quests that the quest isn't like the storyline isn't done yet. You're just playing the first section of it. Yeah. Definitely. yeah true. So I think we're going to see the stories behind these weapons and, and more about their origins and more about what exactly they are and what they mean as relative to our class throughout the course of the expansion. It's not just a one time event. Yeah, it definitely felt like you unlock them and then they get stronger and also you learn more about them. That'll be that. that'll be cool. That sounds like something where you're going to want to play all the alts. Yep. Alrighty, though, that's it for emails this week. Uh, again, if you have an email you want to send to us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we're more than happy to get it and read it on the air and talk about it. Um, obviously, it's a holiday week, so you might be thinking about doing other things, but, you know, hey, it, it helps us do a show. So if you have a question or have a statement or anything you talk about, please send it to podcast.blizzardwatch.com. Uh, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Anne. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. 